We find ourselves today following up the naming of the rock to where Jesus predicts his death in the Gospel of Matthew, the 16th chapter, the 21st verse through the 28th verse. Hear these words. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to the disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You don't have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. And then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is, come, is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. I tell you the truth. Some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever equipping God as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts, that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. May I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we, as your people, have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I met a lady this week. Now, I didn't meet a lady physically face to face. It was virtual. She was an elderly lady. She's an African-American lady, and she wears glasses, and her name is Clara. And she's a wise lady. She's got wisdom beyond her years, and her years are mighty. But she's a wise lady. And she said these words. Sister, it's not up to me to do the heavy lifting. I just seek, trust, and stand in his word. And you know that line hit me like a ton of bricks. How many of us try to do the heavy lifting? I'm a big, strong guy. I can move just about everything I put my hands on. But do I seek? Do I trust? Do I stand in God's word to handle the situations of my life? Not mine to do the heavy lifting, she said. Just seek, trust, and stand in his word. No matter what your life looks like. Jesus, talking to his disciples, said, okay, guys, let me just tell you what you bought into. He's got them. He's recruited them. He's done the miracles. He's done all the fancy stuff that he can do. 
He's done all the healing he can do. He's walking with God and doing what God wants him to do. But he says, guys, this is how the chapter ends. It's not a Hallmark movie. We're about to suffer. We're going to Jerusalem and we're about to suffer. I particularly am going to suffer. I'm going to get beat. I'm going to die. But on the third day, I'll come back to life. Kind of a wild story. A wild story for us to believe. A wild story for even those in the ancient times to believe. Those who were closest to him. Those who had called him son of God. Those who identified him as Messiah, as the Christ. What do you say about Jesus in your life? What's the title you give Jesus in your life? Do you believe that he had to go to Jerusalem? That he had to suffer and died and was buried and on the third day rose again and has ascended into the heavens? Do you believe that? Not only do you believe that, but do you live that? Do you stand on the word of God? Because the word of God says in the gospel of John, chapter 3, 17, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. And Jesus just said to his disciples, this is how it's going to happen. Now, Peter, you remember where Peter is in the story? Uh, Peter's head has to be this big, right? Because just what, four verses ago, Jesus said to him, Petra, on you, I will build this church. So I wonder if maybe while Jesus continued to speak, Petra got the idea that he could rebuke Jesus. Any of you want to tell God what to do? Come on. Do you ask God for things in your life? Do you tell God how things should work out? Do you have an image already picked out about what your life's going to look at, what you're going to do, how your life's going to be, how you're going to retire, how you're going to take care of your grandkids, how you're going to take care of your kids, how perfect your kids are going to be, all those things, and you tell God to make it happen. Any of us do that? Or am I alone? It feels mighty lonesome up here this morning. Don't we? We try to do exactly what Peter did. Oh, come on, Jesus, it's not going to happen like that. Are you crazy? You're going to conquer. You're going to ride in on a white horse. You're going to slay all those chief priests. You're going to ride in. You're going to rebuke those teachers of the law. You're going to tear it up in Jerusalem, and we're going to be with you. Let's do it my way, God. Let's do it my way. How many of you have tried it your way? Yeah, I'm raising both hands, all right? Because I've tried it my way more than once. But Peter's like me. He's this, he's this bolsterous, speak-before-he-thinks kind of guy. Just so excited. Jesus has promoted him. He's put him, on the, he's put him there on a pedestal amongst all the other disciples. On you, Peter. I will build my church, but you got to walk with me. Building a church is not an easy job. It's not an easy job. It's hard. And there's lots of pain and there's lots of death. There's lots of denial. There's a lot of betrayal. Because too many people in our world today want to build the church. I don't mean this one. I mean the church. They want to tell God what God's supposed to be in their life. And God never said that. 
God said, I'm sending my son not to condemn the world, but to save the world. This is your savior. How many of you, if you were drowning in the water and somebody threw you a rope, would reach out and grab the rope? Why can't we grab onto Jesus? Why can't we grab onto the one who was sent to save us and live a life accordingly? How many stories do we hear where the one who was rescued gets to meet the one who rescued them? And they are eternally grateful for that rescue. I'm sorry, but Christians don't live that way. Most Christians don't live like they're eternally grateful for God for sending a Savior for them. Because we live our life selfishly. Do you hear me? Selfishly. When what God wants us to do is live our life selflessly. It's not about us. It's not about us. We can't tell God what to do in our lives. If you're praying to God and you're saying, God, do this, do this, do this, do this, designed according to your purpose. You're off base. The scriptures say, offer yourself unto God and God will be with you. It doesn't say give God your design. It says you're to offer yourself unto God and the presence of God will be with you, whatever you're facing. Mine is not to do the heavy lifting, she said. Mine is not to do the heavy lifting, but to seek, to trust and to stand on the word of God. Peter. Never, Lord, that's not going to happen that way. It's not going to happen that way. And here it comes. How many of you have to be hit in the head with two by four? I'm a little hard headed. She says I'm a lot hard headed. How would you like to be called this? It's the worst name in all the world. I can't think of a nastier name to be called. Get behind me. I don't even like to say this word. Get behind me, the king of all evil. Talk about getting hit in the head with a two by four. Peter, you don't get it. How many of us don't get it? How many of us are trying to do things our way and figure out what God's going to do and live into God's calling because we know God. We have a relationship with Jesus and by golly, we're going to set it in place. What about God? What does God want to do with you? I listened to a video this week by Deion Sanders, prime time. It's one of the most beautiful videos I've ever heard. He asked one question. What is your purpose? He's a football coach now. High school football coach. His son's high school football coach. And his specific instance was, what is your purpose in practice? And he said, what is your purpose in practice? It doesn't matter if you're practicing at your work or in your relationships or wherever you are. What is your purpose in practice? What is your purpose in practicing your relationship with God? Is it to get, get your way? Is it to get God to do things to clean up your mess? Is it to get God to heal you because you need to be healed? 
Or is your purpose to be the best follower of Christ that you can be? Did you hear what I said? He rebuked Peter. Get behind me. Because all you're doing is working for evil. If you're out in front of me. You see, God leads us into new understandings. God leads us into deeper relationship. God leads us into affecting other people's lives. But we have to seek, trust, and stand in his word and know our purpose. Our purpose in God is to follow. To follow Jesus, our Savior, the one who came and saved us eternally. The one who came and died for us so that we might be forgiven when we're repentant. That we might know unending grace. That we might have a forever relationship with God. But our purpose is to follow. Our purpose is not to lead Jesus somewhere and say, do this, Jesus. Our purpose is to get up every morning and say, what now, God? Take me to where you need me. Use me wherever you want me. Get behind me, Satan, for yours are not of Christ. Your, your, your actions are not of Christ, but of men. How many of us work to get what we get for us? Professional football player made his money playing professional football. Every little boy's dream. He said, we even make deals in practice. We go soft in practice. He says, you know what my purpose in practice was? My purpose in practice was to be the best there ever was. So that when I was on that field and it counted, I was the best. I played like I practiced. How many of us play like we're practiced? What you do behind the closed doors of your home, it shows up in your life no matter where you are. What you have in your heart and your relationship with God is what other people know about you. How do you practice? Do you seek? Do you trust? Do you stand on the word of God? She had one prayer. She had to be in her 70s, maybe close to 80. And she said, God, just, just give me somebody I can mentor. Take me where you need me. Bring somebody that needs you, God, and let me be your disciple. Let me follow you into this person's life. And she met a lady named Elizabeth, a lady in real estate named Elizabeth. And their first meeting was not according to a normal real estate meeting. It was quite the interrogation of Miss Clara onto Elizabeth about her spiritual journey. But she discovered that Elizabeth and her husband, Tony, were having terrible times. In fact, their marriage was on the brink. Because they both lived individual lives of telling God what they wanted and who they were going to be in God's kingdom. In fact, their marriage was so far on the brink, Tony was thinking about going out with another woman and being with another woman. They were both very successful in their business world, but yet their hearts weren't centered on God. They had their lives focused on that what man values. Do we do that? Do we seek the approval of our friends over the approval of God? 
Miss Clara mentored Elizabeth, and she taught her how to pray. Not my will, but thine. Isn't that what he said? God, not my will, but yours. How many times have we heard that? But do we live into that? He said, if anyone's going to be my follower, you have to take up your cross. You have to deny yourself. Take up your, my cross and follow me. Deny yourself. What does that mean? Do I have to be broke all my life? Do I have to eat peanut butter and bologna for lunch every day? Do I have to walk with worn out shoes and tattered clothes? It's not what it means. It means God comes first. You go where God sends you. And wherever God sends you in life, that's what God wants you to be doing. But you seek God first and you trust that where God leads you, you're going to stand on God's word. Stand on God's word. One of my favorite scriptures, we were building a new house. And somebody came up with a bright idea that when the house was framed, we would go and write scriptures on all the two by fours. Above the kids' bedrooms. Instruct a child in his ways. Right? But my favorite one was over that header. You know, they always use a two by 12 in the header at the entrance of the house. And I gladly took that marker and I wrote for this. Joshua 24, 50. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We won't be perfect, but we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. What does that mean? Deny yourself. Sure, you got a brand new house, but are you going to hold it just for yourself? Are you going to open the doors and entertain people, invite people to see that everywhere they look in your house, there's a cross. Invite what hospitality means, that all people are equal, that you can feed those who are hungry, that you can give clothes to those who are naked, that you can use what it is God has given you to affect lives. Who do we serve? Deny yourself for the love of God, for the better things of life by staying. Standing in God's word. Pick up your cross. Do you know what your cross is? Your cross is not Jesus's cross. Your cross is not Jesus's cross. Jesus died for all of humanity. We can't do that. But we can affect the lives of the people that God sends us to. And we can walk with the cross. You know what lives I affect nowadays? Marriages that are on the brinks, addicts, and people who are lost. You want to know why? Been there. Done that. It's my cross I carry every day of my life. And God sends me places, brings people to me, just like he does with you. If you admit who you are before God and you say, God, I am Peter. And I know I need to be behind you, but I want to I want to lead. And God will remind you to get behind because God loves you and God wants the best for you, not because God is ashamed of you. Tony, the husband. Found what? 
Miss Clara had been doing with his wife Elizabeth. She had formed a prayer closet in his house. And she was praying for him. She knew he was about to cheat. She knew he had lost his job because he cheated in his work. And he stole from his company. And he found the prayer closet. And he found where it said that he needed to seek and trust and stand in the word of God. And he called his best friend, Michael. And they met at the gym and they were working out. And Michael's a devout Christian man who believes in following Jesus wherever he goes. And they're working out and he can tell. Tony's working out mad. Tony's working out angry. Tony's pushing things. And he said, man, what is going on with you? And you know what Tony did? He did exactly the same thing that you and I do when somebody pushes us. I'm good. How you doing today? Good, thanks. How you doing today? Good, thanks. How you doing today? Good, thanks. How you doing? Very good, thanks. Right? I mean, is that not our standard answer? Do you want to know the truth? I'm dying inside. I'm so tired of COVID. I'm so tired of racial relationships that can't get along. Why can't we love one another as brothers and sisters? Do you want to hear the truth of how I'm doing? I don't have the answers to the problem. But I'm frustrated with humanity. I'm frustrated with political ads that tear down another human being. Tell me what you're going to do. Tell me where God's calling you. Forget about character and tearing other people down. We are human beings. Do you want to hear how I really am? Or do you want me to say, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Good, thanks. Hey, good to see you. Good to see you. I would guess most of us are pretty close to the same place, right? How, much, how many of you love a mask? Don't ask. For the betterment of humanity. Right? We're tired. But yet we play off this thing and we say we're okay. Michael and Tony met in the gym and they were talking. And he said this to him. He said, man, what's wrong with you? Tony says, I'm good. It's all good. Like, don't pry in my business. You know what? God calls me to pry in your business. Because I'm your brother in Christ. You're my sister in Christ. You're okay to pry in my business. Because you can pry in my business, not because you want to control my business, but you want to help lead me to where God wants us to be. That's what Michael was doing. So Tony finally got frustrated. You know what he said to him as he left? I love this. I'll see you in church Sunday. Huh? Huh? I'm good. See you in church Sunday. Deny, 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 because I'm living for me. Right? Tony said, I'll see you in church. You know what Michael said? I'd like to see the church in you. You need me to say it again? I'd like to see the church in you. Isn't that what God wants? God wants to see the church in us. You sit here on the pew on Sunday. You sing those pretty hymns. You listen to a word you pray. Do they? Do they see the church in you? Are you too busy telling God what you're going to do? I'm good. No, I'm not. I'm tired. Why can't the world get it? 
Can you imagine how tired Jesus was? Why can't we take up our crosses, deny ourselves, and follow Jesus like we say we do? Why can't we let the world see the church in us? Are we afraid someone will judge us? Are we afraid someone will think that we're too holy rollerish? God loves us. He called Peter the worst name you can ever be called. But he did not desert Peter. All he told Peter to do was get behind me. Come on, follow me. Pick up your cross and follow me. I'm not going to ruin the end of the movie for you. The movie's called War Room, and go see it. Find it on Netflix. Whatever you have to do, you watch that movie. Because there's some deep truths in there that we, the people of God, need to hear today. Just like we need to hear this scripture today. The very end of it says there are some of you who will not face death before you see the kingdom of God. Wouldn't that be great? To have so much of the church living in us that the world would see the kingdom of God? She shouted, shouted, praise be to God, praise be to God. Because you know what? Lots of great things happened because God was in charge. And she said one more thing. I told you I didn't have to do the heavy lifting. All I have to do is seek, trust, and stand in the word of God. Let us people Deny ourselves. Let us not do the heavy lifting. Let us take up our cross. Let us seek and trust. And let us follow Jesus and stand in the word of God. Amen and amen.